that's, that's why I, I think it could be easy to see it as a negative. Um, but I, I don't think it is. I think change is good. I think it, it inevitably will lead to better quality because we, we've experienced this so many times over. All right. So hey, I, I have to uh, I have to pump out 50 push-ups real quick and then we can get a bus in if you're, if you're cool with that. Nice. Yeah, let's I, I got to get to 500 somehow. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so do you think that... Uh, do you think that we should, I mean, we should tell people spoiler alert, right? Or is that, or is that understood? Um, if you don't know that he dies at the end, <laughs> you, you're just, I mean, this is like a, it's like a, like a 30 year old story, isn't it? At this point. Yeah. From the, at least 20 uh, early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I would say how many pushups are you at per day? Well, it's it's May, so I'm I'm up to five hundred per day. Yeah, dude. Nice. Let me tell you, it's as shitty as it sounds. But all right, so so let's let's jump into it. For the people that will be listening in the future, today I am going to be talking with Hogan. Hogan is one of my favorite people to converse with. He I has a, his a, a, a super interesting mind, and uh, it's just so so. What we were going to talk about today, we we spoke about it last week. You sent me a text and you suggested me to watch Into the Wild. Um, it's a popular book. I've heard of it before. I never actually read it. I don't know if you read it when you were younger, but it's it was a great, great movie. As I was watching it, it kind of made me feel uncomfortable at times because of how much I was able to relate to his story. Maybe we should even just start by sharing the story a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. So the main character's name is Chris. What's his last name? Um, uh, McCandless or McCandles. Chris, Chris McCandless. So he is a college age student, I believe from the East Coast, I think Virginia. He graduates from college. Uh, his parents are extremely wealthy. I think his dad was a scientist with NASA mm -hmm. um, and his mom was also with NASA. The movie starts off with him graduating college his parents are celebrating with a, a, a lunch after the graduation, and um, they start talking about what they're going to gift him. And they say that they want to give him a brand new car because his Datsun was uh, almost like a threat to his life or his health. And, and society. And society, <laughs> right. Um, almost, almost like you could see the parents' face when they're offering it to him, almost like, a, uh, like saving their image almost to a degree. And then that, that's where you, in that scene is where you truly see Chris's personality, I think, start to really come out. You see him defend himself and say, you know, I don't want a car. I don't want things. So, yeah, you want to continue with where, where it goes from there? One thing I'd say, uh, um, you know, we, we first come into Chris and, and he's graduating college. He's walking across the stage. He like, you know, does this thing. It's, it's him, you know, it, he's showing off his personality right. and, like the first sense, point. the first taste that we get from, from who his parents are, you know, uppity doesn't even begin to describe these, these people. It's they're domineering. They, they have an agenda. And if Chris doesn't follow it, they're, um, they're not that they're going to be upset, but I don't even think like they could even fathom that Chris wouldn't follow their agenda. And so like, that's like the first taste of when, when they're having this dinner and, or lunch or whatever it was. And, Chris says like, no, I don't, I don't want your, your, your gift. Um, they're like, wait, what, you know, like who is this guy? Um, 
you know, I thought that you would want a car and right. they, just, they couldn't even fathom that he, that he wouldn't. And um, it's not too much later in, in the film after that, that uh, he starts his adventure um, and they don't necessarily know what his adventure is. They, they think he's visiting a friend or something right. or move, moving across the country. Um, and, and he's, he's off, he's, he's becoming, a his, his alter ego, um, Alexander Supertramp, um, almost right. immediately in the, in the film, it really just picks up right away. And he was, he was an avid reader, correct? Uh, he was yes. big into Mark Twain. Um, I think I, I think I remember reading something else that he was, uh, he was inspired by Huckleberry Finn. Um, and I think that's, that's even like where he wanted to create that alter ego or that persona, that name. Um, so I think he was kind of going for that attempt. He was inspired by a lot of different authors. And uh, you could see that he wants to get rid of his material possessions at that dinner or at that lunch with his parents. He talks about how much money he has left in his checking account. Mm-hmm. They were shocked that he remembered up to the penny how much he had left. Yeah. Um, and soon thereafter, when he starts getting rid of all of his possessions and his material things, he then I think donates, right? He donates like 24 grand or something. Well, to the penny, he, he right, donates all of his wealth to, uh, to some charity. I'm not sure which one it was. Burnt but... his IDs, burnt social, social security card, birth certificate, you birth certificate, it. everything. Um, he knew in... he wasn't, he wasn't planning on coming back anytime soon. So now, so now <laughs> did he, did he mention to anyone that he planned on doing this or it wasn't so, really. I, I think about. that, his because his sister is kind of like the narrator for for most of the film um whenever she does pitch in and i don't think that she had a complete idea of what his intentions were right um because she was just as miffed as her parents were but i think she accepted that it was it was chris that was deciding to to do this whereas um his parents still had this like view of, of who Chris was that was, you know, kind of rebelling against them, you know? Right. And, and as she was narrating, you're right. She is the narrator. I'm remembering that now as she was narrating, you could hear the struggle in her voice where she was trying to make sense of, you know, is it something personal? Is it something that we did? You know, I just have to trust that this is what Chris really wanted Mm -hmm. um, and that he eventually will come back or that he will get back in touch with us. So you could see her wrestling with that. Yeah, so she was the closest person to him, but I don't know if he originally planned to go to Alaska, but he did plan to go out west, and he went out longer than what I thought, but early on, he eventually did come up with the plan to eventually reach Alaska um, once I think he started going out west, but when he was going out west, he was trying to not be found. He, I think, even got a couple jobs. I think he worked on a farm for, for a little bit. I think he worked... In, in a kitchen McDonald's, mm-hmm. right in like a kitchen and it, it's it's interesting because going westward anytime i just think about going westward i just think about when the united states was even being created and uh that that western frontier like you know was being founded um so it's it's kind of like he was reliving that almost uh in his in his own way I think that's actually the, the, yeah, that manifest destiny that we experienced right. as a as a country, um, however many decades ago. It was like Chris was trying to do that with his own mind. Uh, right. You know, he was, was definitely he wasn't like it's not like he was running from the east. Um, like and it's not like the the uh, pioneers of of yore were running from the east either. But this is where I think, like in my view, the the narrative that Chris thought that he was telling himself like that, that is where it kind of spins out of control. Um, 
to a degree. Uh, like there's, there's so much of, and he, by the way, you know, he, he definitely figures it out at the end and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to that, but he was, he was running away from something. And I don't think that he would necessarily want to admit that. Um, right. So, so you could, right. So I think you could view what he was doing as either running away from something or running to in search of something. And, and I don't, I don't know if he even really knew that, or I don't know if he was aware of that in that very moment, but he felt compelled and was drawn or driven by something. I think he knew that whatever was waiting for him wasn't what he wanted. And so maybe that's what he was running to. Um, you know, he, he knew that it was a dead end where he, where he was. And so that's why that's what led him to escape and, and to, to, to go seek all the adventure he sought. Right. Um, I mean, he, this, this guy did everything. He went down to Mexico um, right. He, he's, he, I don't know where he even started, uh, but he at one point was in the Dakotas. He um, he went all over the place. It was, I'm sure it was a good time, honestly. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's fun. Um, and then he eventually makes his way all the way west and then starts traveling up north. Um, but the, the, it's really interesting because he makes friends along the way and the relationships that he makes are extremely authentic. And, and, it, and it's interesting because you see how he is with his family at the very beginning and how he doesn't have an authentic connection or re relationship with them. And it seems like he doesn't fit in even amongst that crowd there. But as he's putting himself out there and as he's on this adventure, he he's, he's extremely open to connecting with people. And if anything, you could tell that he enjoys it. And that's kind of what he lives for. Mm. Um, I don't know if he's aware of it in that moment, but he, you could tell how alive he is as he's interacting with these people when he was running on the beach with that woman, uh, the couple that he met that he was staying with for a little bit. Yeah. He, you could just see his, his person come alive when he's interacting with people. He's the most happy in those moments. Um, so he eventually makes his way up North. I think he meets, I forget what the guy's occupation was, but he met an elderly man befriends him. I don't know how much time he spent with him, um, but the guy ends up asking him to adopt him. And that became awkward for Chris. It was, it was almost like a, uh, a last option to, you know, not leave society. It was like one last ditch effort for that human connection that he might've always been yearning for, right? Like always looking for with his parents but he turns it down. Uh, you can tell he was kind of uncomfortable. He got a little awkward, turns it down, says that he'll get back in contact with the guy when he's done with his trip, just gets out of the car and then starts walking. That moment was poignant for sure. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was a touching part of the film. I think it was honestly like almost a climax. Um, right. Like you'd think that the climax would would happen like later on in a film. Um, spoiler alert: you know he, he you don't hear about this guy anymore. There's a reason. It's because he he ends up he ends up dying um, in in the wild as he gets into Alaska. Uh, but this uh this struggle that Chris has is with himself. I think primarily um, you know, he he is looking for an opportunity to. I think he says it. Um, I'm not sure what the exact quote is, but he wants to kill whatever's inside. Um, right. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, I think it was it was either in the beginning or, or in the end. But 
um, that was uh, something that he was trying to do. He, he recognized that there was programming. He recognized that there were thoughts that weren't necessarily his own um, aspirations that, that he didn't have himself, um, but were still being propagated by um, whatever, you know, was propagating them within himself. And so that's, I mean, that was the primary motivation for him to take this, this journey in the first place. And Mike, as you, as you conveyed, he was, he was able to connect with, you know, I mean, there were at least a dozen characters in the movie that he was having genuine, you know, belly laughing, you know, hearty smile, uh, gleaming eye kind of conversations with. And it's a, this I, I I don't remember the gentleman's name either. Maybe we should have watched the movie uh, more recently before. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, he, you're right. It was kind of like the last the last branch, you know, before you know floating down the river, um, where you could have grabbed it and saved yourself from going right. off the waterfall. But instead, he kind of like uh, you know, in a way, kind of ruthlessly just turns him down. <laughs> how, how did you how did you take his his body language or his facial expressions? Like how did you? think that he felt in that moment because it surprised me honestly the chris himself yeah cold yeah uh, detached um and almost like like he needed to um like like the the voice inside of him was was saying you know this is this is it this is what you've been yearning for since you were a young boy um as the movie progresses you know we get flashbacks of of what chris's family life was like uh, mostly through the lens of his sister if, if mm-hmm. i'm not mistaken and it's uh you know shall we say tumultuous um uh, volatile there's there's yeah. yelling matches there's um there's a real bond that you you see develop between chris and his sister um as they like try to overcome this hardship and um i i almost think that uh that, that, that's what Chris was running from in my, in my, in my view. Um, it was, it was not something that he could necessarily, you know, fix himself. So he had to go find a way to go fix explore. it. Ex- explore. Yeah. And I mean, think- he didn't, he didn't set out to go die. Obviously he set out to, to kill something within himself that would have allowed him to kind of pull like a Phoenix into something yeah. greater. Right. So like, right. Do, you, do you think that that goes back to um, our, our use of, you know, rituals and like uh, like uh, how men in tribes used to at a certain age go through certain rituals to signify their rite of passage into adulthood like do you think that that is related to that in some way shape or form because I mean I, I know that you, the reason that you sent me that movie to watch was because you were able to re- relate to it a lot and you knew that I would be able to relate to it a lot and where I relate to that is um there's something to taking risk. And, and we've talked about that all the time. There's something to taking risk and doing something that defies the odds that tells you something about yourself. And um, I think everyone's searching for that to a degree. So when I was watching that movie, I was wondering, like, you know, I wonder if that's what he was experiencing. I wonder if he was just getting this urge of needing to, you know, transcend what he thought was possible or capable in, in himself. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I can get behind that. Uh, the idea that there was uh, a need to go through some sort of um, gauntlet or, or something. Yeah. And, and it's clear to me that whatever coming of age that Chris had experienced was not satisfying that need, um, you know, as he was, as he was 
you know, going through it. Like there was a reason why he had to take this extra, extra leap, um, you know, start traveling. It wasn't enough for him to just like ramble around the United States, you know, right. to be, to be a, a tramp. Right. Um, the, the super tramp, uh, was what he called himself. It wasn't enough for, for him to just do that. He, he needed to continue to one up himself. And that's where like, you know, I, I kind of told you, you know, in our text conversation af- afterwards that it, it seemed like it was kind of like a ritual suicide to me, um, that he set out to, to go do this as kind of like a, um, a revolt against his upbringing in a way, um, you know, it, it was tragic for sure. Um, but I, I don't know if that was the, I don't even, I don't even know if he really knew what he was up to. Um, right. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he does either. We don't know everything that went through his mind. Obviously we're just, we're just speculating. And, and of course I'm, I'm having this conversation from the comfort of my, my nice warm home and, <laughs> right. and poor, poor Chris was freezing in Alaska, but, um, you know, some of his heroes, even uh, Thoreau, for example, people clown on Thoreau because he was, you know, in the in the wild, but also his mom was doing his laundry and he'd walk through town all the time. Um, you know, I don't think he really had to go as extremely as he did. And I think that that's where there was, you know, for all the for all the wisdom that Chris seemed to have, because he really, truly did seem like he was uh, like an old soul. Um his his fire was burning brightly enough where you know, I think there was still you know a, a twinge of like naivete that kind of yeah. was propelling him um, you know like like a romanticism that was just like insatiable. Um, That's a like, good way to put it. Yeah, he because he, he, he was having fun. Obviously, um, you know whether it was just like finding those connections or um, you know running from the the kayak police uh, going right. down the like Sierra Nevada or whatever. That was uh, cool. Um, so it's a uh, but or so, so now, so now think about it. You've had experiences like that. I've had experiences like that. They're fun, right? They're exhilarating. They make you feel alive. I could probably share a few stories on here that I would not want on a recorded podcast, <laughs> but they were probably some of the moments where I felt the most alive in my life. Now, would I do them all over again? Probably not. But do I think if I restarted life, I would end up getting into those circumstances? Probably just because I was following curiosity there's some risk involved. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's inherently human. I feel like, I feel like if, uh, if he just stayed back at home and did what his parents expected, um, he might've ended up dying internally, you know, instead of dying, uh, physically. Right. So I don't know. It's, it's pretty interesting. And, and the reason that it's such a great story is because it's, it's timeless. I think it's something that every guy especially experiences. It's the true hero's journey. It's um, going into the unknown, learning something through your challenges and your experiences, coming out a greater version of yourself and then coming back to society or coming back to your home to then teach what you've learned. I think even even at the end of the movie, so so he's out in Alaska. He eventually finds a bus. He's thrown off with a, by the bus because the bus is in the middle of nowhere. He ends up camping there, stays there, has some fun in there. You could see that he's you know uh, pretending to be the bus driver. He's pretending to yell at people. He's now starting to imagine people just for fun. I don't think he's um, 
hallucinating. I think he's just doing it just to entertain himself to a degree. Stays there for a while, is living off of, you know, picking berries, foraging. He's got like a 10 pound bag of rice too, that he yes. you know, persists on for, for a while. Right. And that he's rationing, right. Isn't he, he's like, uh, yeah. he's counting out how many days he has left. And, and all rationing means uh, is that he's poking holes in his belt every once in a while because right. his, his pants are falling down. Um, no, there's, there's no question that uh, he was, you know, woefully unprepared for Extremely. what the Bush had to offer. Didn't him. even bring him out. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and he, he made, he made uh, like some moves, you know, he, he marked the point at the river that he crossed. Um, so he'd be able to find his way back maybe, but. Um, so, I, so that, that's why I think he did plan to come back. So, and then yeah. even at, even at the end, when he was trying to come back, he was happy in that moment before he mm-hmm. started to plan to come back. He was happy. He was content. He was at peace. It almost seemed like he got what he was looking for. That's like when mm-hmm. he came to that realization and in the in the part of the hero's journey is where he then goes back to his home and he then teaches what he learned. But as he then tried to make it back, he went back to that marking in the river that you were talking about. But it was the time of the year when the snow caps or the, the ice caps were melting um, and the river was probably, I don't know, like 10 times wider and deeper than what it was when he first crossed over and it was frozen i think yeah no he um, was able to get over and then uh, summer came because right. he essentially spent the whole like winter in, in alaska what a terrible time wild. to go <laughs> wild but uh can't hate on him too much i guess he he's yeah he, he went and lived you know mike uh you know um, he, he did exactly what he felt he needed to right um and you're right i think he was happy he was happy when he when he was on his way back uh you know back into society and you know i think after the panic subsided i don't think he was necessarily upset that no, he was that he had back in it right yeah. so he got um, to the river the river is way too aggressive it would be suicide if he jumped mm-hmm. in then like you said he goes back to the bus makes his way back and he wasn't upset he just he probably said to himself all right i just have to wait until it freezes over again yeah. And he has to, you know, resume hunting the small game, you know, you know, trying to find berries or whatever else. And um, I think it was after he returned that he uh, read, which I think is like, it's like the most profound part, you know, it's, it's, it's probably the, what we're going to end up talking the rest of the episode about, if I had to guess um, that book that he was given uh, about doctor, I don't know, the, 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 that, um, that couple gave him this book. Right. Um, happiness is only real when it's shared was the line. And all of a sudden it clicks in my, in my head, it clicks in, I'm sure the, the viewer's head and then Chris's head too. You know, he underlines it, he scrapes it down, he circles it. He's been searching for this thing for, I don't know how long, you know, presumably a few months, maybe even a year um, for happiness. You know, he's, he's, that's what he's been looking for and he had it and then he had it. And then he had it. And each time he had it, he said, no, I, I need, I need more or I need yes. different. Uh, and I'm not sure and why. Only, and, uh, and, you, and he might not have been aware that that's what he was looking for the entire time. Boom. I don't think he, he I don't it. even think he knew he had it. So I, I get chills now even thinking about that because I got to a point in my life where I said, I don't know what else I want. I, you know, I lost 80 pounds. I'm with 
the girl of my dreams, um, have a career that I love. Um, I'm solid in, in what I know that I want to invest in over time. Um, everything's, everything's firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know what else it is. So yeah, so it's like there, there's always that, that wanting for something more. But it, inevitably, you end up realizing like, you know, I already have everything that I ever wanted. Like, you know, if I have friends, if I have family members that I love, um, if I have food that I could eat, if I have shelter um, and I have people to relate to and relate with over time and share those experiences, I don't know if people really need much more than that. And I started to realize, you know, maybe I, I am not getting what I want because I don't realize that I already have everything that I've ever desired and that I already need. So mm-hmm. I think that's why that, that insatiable desire or that want felt like it would never end until I started to realize that same thing. And I, and I think that's why that movie struck, struck me um, so strongly because I think that's something that everyone inevitably realizes or doesn't. Um, so you either stay on the hamster wheel and you chase, 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 um, or you eventually hop off and really ask yourself, you know, what is this whole thing really about? I'll be happy when. Right. That's that sentence, I think, kills more when. dreams and uh, destroys contentment everywhere it touches. Um, you know, I think about like some some parts of my story, you know, I've I've had this goal or I've had that goal or another goal and uh pursuit of the goal is it's just as rewarding. It's uh, you know, why would you delay your gratification until you do or don't end up where you're, you know, quote unquote, hoping to get when you can be content with the pursuit in the whole entire time. Um, And I, I wish that Chris was uh, able to latch onto that earlier, you know, cross the stream sooner, you know, something because, I mean, he would have, he would have really taken the world by storm. I was going to say, he would have taught so many people that lesson. Yeah. No, and, and he was teaching that lesson the whole entire time. Uh, you know, after, at the end of the movie, uh, as the credits are, are rolling, um, you know, Chris, Chris passes and you kind of, it flashes back to some of the people that have been uh, a part of, of his little journey. And uh, like Vince Vaughn is uh, one of the people that he ends That's up great. crossing paths with and, um, he ends up in prison or something, but, uh, you know, he ends up out, he comes out of prison and you just, you see him like get escorted and he kind of just takes a breath of, of fresh air and he smiles, you know, that's, he just, whatever situation that, that Vince Vaughn was in for however long he was there, uh, um, nothing compared to a brush of fresh air and, and a, a blue sky, you know, that's, right. uh, I think that's, uh, another thing that I, I took away from, this 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 epic movie uh you know and, and i i wish i knew uh if chris was always trying to go to alaska or if he was you know if it started out by just running away um or maybe it, maybe it was like so where are you headed um and he didn't necessarily want to say like i'm just i'm just running you know maybe alaska was the obvious answer right, and he just picked alaska yeah um but you know that that said i guess uh you know you you do you do wonder where, you know, even in your own life, uh, you know, what your Alaska is, you know, if there's yes. a, if there's a, a thing that you've kind of tricked yourself into thinking that you need, um, when in reality or want or need, I guess, but in reality, it's, it's all, it's all right there in, in the palm of your hand, you know? Yeah. So, so we could say that we all have a, when I get to Alaska or like mm-hmm. 
to to a degree we do and and uh it, it's even when you do recognize it it's hard not to get pulled into that daily um because we're, we're living in this matrix right like we're, we're living in the world where you know people gift cars uh, parents gift cars i guess when you graduate mm-hmm. and uh you know people value things so differently and um chris was the kind of guy that went deep within and then was trying to make sense of it in the outward uh world um which by the way you know that is like beyond commendable you know so beyond. many people don't heed the call you know they never they never pick up the mantle and 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 try to figure it out and you know for that reason i think that chris should be viewed as a a hero um right for sure you know um it's uh it's too bad that his story was a a tragedy um but i think he died smiling so you know maybe maybe that's just our uh corporeal selves saying you know it sucks that he died at the end but in reality he did everything he set out to do so now so now something that i always think about i've shared my uh my desire when i was around your age to um like I, i joke around with my wife now but i was pretty serious on moving to south america and taking my kitchen skills down there and just creating a living in some way, shape or form. Um, because I think I had that same desire. I was just looking to escape what I was creating in my mind. Um, and I thought that if I went to a different physical location that I would escape what I was creating in my mind, but inevitably, I think if I went there, I think I would have still had those same, uh, demons that I was trying to make sense of, or that same Mm -hmm. structure I was trying to navigate through. It would have definitely followed me now that I'm looking back at that. But now what I think about is I wonder if people can have their own journey like that without having to go to Alaska and live in a bus in the wilderness for a year. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think we can, but I think we have to view it in like a symbolic way. We have to actually make sense of it along the way, like we've been talking about. Like we're not going to know exactly what our Alaska is. But I think that if we're aware of what we're doing and why, that we might know which, I guess, direction to go in. Right. Well, you mentioned those rite of passages um, earlier on in, in the podcast, Mike. And, um, you know, I think that we can essentially just take Chris's journey as, um, you know, some sort of obstacle to be overcome you know i think that his intention um was as he left like you could you can see like he sent postcards and these postcards are real and you can read them um this will be my last postcard for a while um i'm gonna go live in the wilderness for a couple months um you know if my journey proves fatal and you know peace out it was it was nice knowing yeah um so there was there was a clear like end in mind for him he wanted to go there and, and um, you know, whatever, whatever his motives were. Um, so I don't think the motive is, is as important, but I definitely think that he was pushing himself to his limit. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think that there is something to be said about being pushed to your limit or pushing yourself to your limit versus, um, comfort, you know? Yeah. And, and if I'm being honest with myself, I don't think I've been pushed to my extreme limit. I don't, I, I know that I have, you know, yeah. there's, you know, and, and that, that eats away at you after a while, you know, like, like, don't you want to just redline the engine? You know? Like, <laughs> right. So I wonder, I'm like, you know, should I, should I redline the engine or should I 
prepare myself to be as ready for when life forces me to redline the engine. Yeah. Well, how about this? I, though, Mike? I mean, you got to give yourself the acid test every once in a while. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? Uh, like me and my buddies, we do all sorts of stupid stuff in the weight room. Um, one of the activities that we uh, very fondly participate in, you know, at least once a year is this challenge death by one hundreds. And it's, it's uh, this stupid CrossFit thing where you do like a hundred repetitions of a whole bunch of different uh, exercises, uh, you know, push-ups, pull-ups, deadlifts, more deadlifts, squats, bench, you know, the whole nine yards. And you're doing it for time. You don't necessarily have to do all the reps like you know, perfectly, but you got to do them and you're doing it with a partner. And when you're, when you're repping, your partner's resting and when your partner's resting, you're repping. Um, I think I said the same thing twice, but you get the idea. Um, that is, you know, by the time you end that, you, your heart is beating out of your chest you can maybe see like, you know, a, a total of like two quarters, uh, your vision's like mostly blurred and, and you're like, okay, am I alive? Maybe I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, we just went through that thing and your body is just like buzzing, you know, like you're, you, you have just done it. You have pushed yourself to the absolute limit of, of what your capabilities are. And now there's a new time on the board and you know, was that, was that time? Limit. Yeah, exactly. So get ready for next year. You know, uh, it's, uh, what is it I think with we, that? Human beings are obsessed with that. Or at least you have, you have to just, you have to keep on going though. Right. You know, like, cause I guess if you're not, then, then what are you doing? Well, so I think humans primarily, you know, um, we're yearning for a, a few different things. And one of those things is, um, like built into us. It's like achieve genetic immortality, you know, like, like you go procreate and then set your kids up so that they can procreate and that's, that's our legacy. all the way on down the line, you know, like, like your DNA is, is screaming at you every single day to do that exact thing. Um, but there are other ways that that yearning kind of manifests itself. Um, you know, like you could do like incredible feats and, and land yourself in the Guinness world book of records, you know, like, like that's something that, that you could do that, that society has decided to keep track of. So you can, you can achieve that um, desire. To, to quote unquote live forever or at I was least say, you know, it's, it's to it's to live beyond your 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 life your physical life right exactly so in so doing you know i think that it's it's a completely natural uh kind of progression for us as a species to you know put the bar a little higher and then put the bar a little higher you know, you, you, you hit the bar and then you look behind you and say, all right, you know, let's see what you got. It's, it's, it's like the story of the guy that ran the four minute mile. I think it's Roger Bannister. If okay. I'm, uh, if I'm, if I'm correct. Um, people thought that it was impossible to run a four minute mile. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, they didn't think it was humanly possible um, until one day he broke the four minute mile. And then soon thereafter, many other people started to break the four minute mile. So yeah. That's exactly what you're talking about. People started to look around and say, all right, this dude just did it. He's, he's well, a human being. He bleeds red. That's a life thing too. You know, um, like, like there is not a, a, a single sapling that doesn't want to find itself on the, like the craggy rock and, and, and grow there and, and kind of defy entropy. You know, it's a, so Matt, uh, the guy Matt Izzo was telling me something like that too. He, he said he truly believes that everyone deep down wants to be 
better and wants to be healthier. And that even people that might be extremely depressed or unmotivated, that ultimately, if you gave them the choice in, in a vacuum, mm-hmm. they would choose what we're talking about. They would choose right. the life worth living. They would choose the risk, the challenge, the reward, the failure, and then pulling yourself out, up. Like, you know, they, they would choose that option over the safe, secure, comfortable life. Mm-hmm. So if we know, I mean, I, I would, I would put a lot of money on that too. I, well, would. I guess look at, look at kids, you know, like the, 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 the young child is rambunctious and he's boisterous and he's running around like a freaking savage because he can, and he wants to, and there's, that's it. And life those is just the, pouring out of him. Those are the two little things that he cares about. Do I want to do this? Can I do this? Oh, he's off like a bowl of lightning. Oh my gosh. Go, you gotta go and no one's say no little John, little Johnny. What are you doing running around in, in, in between the church pews? Well, I, I felt like it, you know? Uh, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, pressures from the outside kind of lop that off. I started us. to tell you no. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's tough. You know, it's, don't touch it's, that. Don't go there. Don't stand mm-hmm. on that. And then you start to, those start to compile over time. And then you become Chris, you graduated college. Yeah. And you're expected to just fit in and yep. then start telling every, every other kid, no, and stifle that same life, that same curiosity, that same yearning for challenge and, and obstacle. Um, it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's, I think it's important for people to meditate on and, and think about how it applies to, to their own life. I agree hundred percent. And, you know, you don't have to necessarily even watch the movie or, or go to Alaska, but um, you know, even, I think you can experience what, what Chris learns, even like on a walk around the neighborhood. Um, you know, if you have to go to the city, great. You know, if you're, if your town's too small, I, I, th- I, th- I think people even substitute Chris's experience subconsciously without even realizing it. Like, I think that most students go to college not to get a degree, not to prepare them for, co- uh, for a career, but yeah. as a rite of passage almost. As a, yep. I'm now leaving the coop. I'm going to live without mom and dad for four years and mm-hmm. I'm going to explore and find myself through. It's a, it's a terrible rite of passage. It's a terrible rite of passage. Like, but, what, but what are you, what are you proving? You know? People feel compelled to go off, like, you know, to, to leave. Um, Absolutely. I was, one of the only, I was one of the only people out of my friends that stayed local and just traveled yep. to school. And mm-hmm. my only incentive to do that was because wasn't really into partying and I loved making cash. And I knew that I could, I had more hookups where I was to, to make some cash. Um, But it was, that was not the norm. The norm was to want to just go away to school and just get shit faced every weekend and Mm -hmm. and think that that's how you're going to inevitably become an adult and find yourself. And that's what I think everyone's going for. I really do. Yeah. Well, it's college. I mean, trust me, I, I I know why I, I've written a book on college, man. All it takes is, you know, can you do your chores? Okay. That's it. You know, like that's literally it. Uh, if, if, if you could do your chores, you've, you've passed, you, you've, you've graduated, you know, cum laude and you know, you, you were in extracurriculars and now you have a job. Congrats. You played yourself, <laughs> you know, like you're a cog in the machine, you know, do you want your round of applause? You know, also you, you get to sit and sit in this, uh, sweaty gymnasium for three and a half hours in order to, to get the proof of, of proof of work at the end of it. So it's a, 
kind of a cruddy bargain in, in my view. Um, and you're right. I mean, like, I don't know if, if people have tricked themselves into thinking that they need to, or if they don't realize, you know, as a 17, 18 year old, um, like how big and, and fruitful the world can be, you know, how full oh of abundance God. it is, you know, there's, there's so much that you can do. And like the obvious answer is to go to school because Dude, either you're knowing, I'm sure school, even knowing what you know now, you think mm-hmm. about it differently. You're like, you know what? I don't know. Maybe 18 year old me might've done better with, instead of spending, I don't know, like, I don't know how expensive your school was, but like, say it was, I don't know, $50,000 total that you had to take out a student, mm-hmm. student loan debt. Like, I don't know. What if, what if you took out a $20,000 business, small business loan? Like society doesn't want you to do that though. Mike. No, they don't want that. Think of that difference in risk. They'll tell yeah. you that it's safer to take out $150,000 to go get a four-year degree that you might not even start a career after uh, with that degree mm-hmm. compared to a $10,000 or $5,000, $20,000 small business loan at 18 years old and see if you could do something with that. See if you could turn that into a hundred grand. I don't know. Um, the uh, fact that the- they'll tell you that that's the wrong risk to take. It should tell you everything you need to know about how our society is ordered. Um, and it's, it's not to, it's not a meritocracy. It, it, it isn't, you know, it's, it's the exact opposite of that. Um, you know, a meritocracy would be uh, built upon success and achievement and, you know, pushing that bar forward. It's, it's human, you know, it's, it's something that is part and parcel of our genetic makeup. You know, this is something that all of us share. We all share this, you know, history, this lineage, this memory of trying to achieve, Right. Back in the day, that that achievement was surviving. Did you survive? <laughs> well done. You you achieved something. Nowadays, uh, you, you don't have to you, do much to. to you didn't survive. hit the snooze button today, pal. That's awesome. <laughs> do you want a cookie? You know, that's it. Uh, you know, I think uh, for for most kids, because the top twenty five percent of high school graduates, you know, I, I would imagine that eighty percent of them are going to go to school. And they're going to pursue careers in, in science or uh, you know, medicine, or um, they're going to be like high achieving kind of business type students, or maybe they're, they want to go on to pursue like a law degree or, or something. Um, and they're they're going to get their A's and B's and they're going to graduate with honors and they're going to go get their job. Congrats. Like the, the middle 25% are going to go to college. They're going to slack off. They're not going to do hardly anything. And um, they're probably going to end up like, you know, in, in management, you know, telling those other guys what to do, but it's like the, the bottom 50%, they've been tricked into going to college. Um, and some of them are going to go to college and they're going to figure it out and they're going to end up uh, graduating and, and pursuing awesome careers. And right. that's great. Like, like Definitely. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like deprive that experience from those that want to seek it, but man, like, the, the, the top 25 that have scholarships. Okay. You know, you've proven yourself academically go out and, and have fun. I think that you have your, you have a, a dream in your brain where you probably want to go do something with your life, go out and do it. Like, don't let us stop you. Um, but for the rest of them, like this, this, the bottom 75%, I would almost say, mm, sir, go work for a little bit, you know, go get some life experience, see what it is that you right. I, want. I was going to say, so since you're closer to that age or, you know, you graduated more recently than me, what right. would you suggest to the 17, 18 year old 
that's starting to get that same itch that Chris got or, you know, that, that we talked about that we got. The itch to figure out what your Alaska is. Right. Yeah. Or, or, you know, just to, you know, explore something more, you have that desire for more, you know, the, the mainstream path uh, of going right to college as mm. your rite of passage just don't go to college seem... right away. That's my advice. Yeah. Um, take at least uh, commit yourself to a semester off, uh, at least one semester, um, if not two. Um, make as much money as you can in as many different ways as you can. Whether that is, oh, you just graduated. It's it's spring. It's about to be summer. You have your hometown. There are uh, a bunch of people in your hometown with cash that would pay you to mow their lawn. So get on it. Uh, there are a bunch of people with dogs that would pay you to walk them. Get on it. Uh, your job is to make as much money as possible over the next you know, two months. August, man, that's up to you. What do you want to do? Do you want to walk down to Mexico um, with, with nothing but a, a water bottle, your, your right. phone and a, and, a, and a charger? Or even better yet, like a notebook and a couple books? Awesome. Like uh, that, I'm jealous of you, man. That's, that's freaking, that's cool. You have your whole entire life ahead of you and you're going to go get on the hamster wheel right away. That's what right. you're going to do. That's you're, scary. You're, you're, you're going to close every single door that you have in front of you and walk through the one that is almost guaranteed to lead you to the hamster wheel. I, I don't know. I, I trust your judgment if, if that's what you're doing. And, and if, if, if you're telling me, you know, screw you, Happy Hogan, I'm going to go be a, a freaking doctor. That's awesome. You know, that's, that's, I would encourage those people to do it if they knew why they're going to college. Yeah. If, if you know, you if you know, then go. But if you are going to find yourself, you're going to find out that you can't be found. There, there is no finding. Uh, there is only making and college is a great place to go make yourself. I mean, I joined a fraternity um, and uh, I did that when I was a junior. So my, my freshmen and freshman and sophomore years, I, you know, try to get involved in, in a few different organizations um, like student government, you know, I was trying to beef up my resume, um, trying to get a handle on, on college, you know, <laughs> my freshman year, uh, fall semester, I had a 3.8. Uh, by the time that I finished my freshman year, I was, I dropped my cumulative down to like a, a 3.0, 3.1. So I, I really tanked my, my spring semester. Um, and it's cause I was, I was doing all the you know crazy college stuff, you know, right. and, uh, you know, you're going to figure out that there's a balance to be struck and, and that you, you can't just, you know, go full bore hedonism, but then also you can't go full bore, you know, studying, putting your nose down in the library. Like, like there is a, a balance to, to find. Um, but I mean, just like, just like Chris, uh, he, he found what he was looking for in Alaska and what he was looking for was permission to be who he is. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people go to college where a lot of people do things that they're doing, seeking permission. That's a good way to put it. And you don't, you don't need a professor or a university system or even a boss to, to do that. I mean, let me tell you, there are so many, there are jobs that you could start and you could be your own boss like right now. Um, and as a high school kid, I mean, you can, I know at least in the state of Wisconsin, there's this form, it's the 502 SE student entrepreneur form. So you can file your own LLC Wow. And the, the fees are waived. I mean, usually it as, costs as 160 high bucks. Student? High school, college, if wow. you're a student, you can do this. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that other states have, have very similar kinds of, of pathways. But my, my point is, you're going to learn more in that three months of success or failure 
both. You're going to have both, by the way. You're going to learn more in that three months about yourself, about how the world works, and about reality, about, about other people, about, about anything, about the value of hard work than any college party or exam or anything is ever going to teach you. I guarantee you, if you were a bad student in high school, you can be a bad student in college and still graduate Yes, and find a job that you love or end up doing a job that you hate for the next 40 years. It is a crapshoot and you are kind of like, you are, you're taking your hands off the steering wheel. That's, that's what it is. I think you're, you're taking your hands off the steering wheel. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that we should be like cheerleading that as a path anymore um, than we are. And like, I think it's not only that we're, well, it's not, it's only that we're cheerleading though, Mike, it's, it's, it's that we're demonizing any alternative, you know, like I'm not going to school, you know, or, well, why not? You know, those are the two, those are the two reactions, not like, Oh, right on, you know, Right. Like that, that right on is not an answer uh, in society today. And I think that's a shame. I had, um, um, I had, I had a guy that I do jujitsu with. He's I think 23 or 22. No, no, maybe. No, I'm sorry. I think he's 24. Um, I was talking to him about what he wants to do, what he, what he's up to. He told me that he's in school. He said, um, I, I said, Oh, how many, how many credits do you have left? He said, I actually just started. I said, Oh, okay. I said, um, what'd you do right after high school? He said, well, throughout summers when I was in high school, I worked on a clam boat. He said, so when I graduated high school, I didn't like the idea of college. It just, I mm-hmm. knew it wasn't for me. Um, he said, I loved being in the sun. I loved being on the water and I loved working on the clam boat. He's like, so I just figured I would do that more. He's like, and I did that for the last five, five years, like mm-hmm. since I graduated. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. And he was kind of like a little bit ashamed to share that, but yeah. Um, I, I felt bad that he even felt shame to share that because you could tell that he was very proud and very excited and you could tell that he loved the experience right? That he, and that he got so much from the experience. And then when you interact with him, at least me being a, a little older, I'm like, holy shit, this guy's so mature for being 24 years old. You know, he, he was hanging around with men on a boat for yeah. five years, six days yep. a week, like picking up clams, like you're, you're going to turn into a man doing that. And now that's, he decided, a, that's a rite of passage, by that, the way. Right. That, that's like a cool rite of passage. And now he decided, okay, I'm, I'm done doing that. I want to have a little bit more of a stable career. I want more hours and more time to myself. Mm-hmm. Everyone in my family is a police officer. He goes, I love what police officers stand for. I love like, you know, everything that they're responsible for. I'm going to become a police officer. So now he's going to college to get his associate's degree. That's all you, that you need to become a police officer after you right. pass the test. And now he's going to become a police officer and he's starting college at 24, 25. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. if you told someone that that was what you planned on doing at 18, they would call you a psychopath or a loser. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go fish on a clam boat for five years and then uh, go get my associate's degree and become a police officer. Yeah. That's they would, uh, they would, they would look at you like you're my draw would your drop. Mind. <laughs> right. But then you talk to the guy, he's super grounded right super just peaceful yeah very comfortable in himself and he seems like he's 35 um so i don't know it's like who's right it's like it's is society right or is that guy that follows his intuition um and follows his gut probably know what's best for him well that's the thing mike i I think so often we as as humans as as men um we think that we have it all figured out you know we we have a plan 
and we want to follow it. And sometimes we don't realize that those plans aren't, they're not, they're not even ours. You know, they're, they're, uh, they've been implanted. They've, they've been, somehow they've been implanted in, in our psyche and, and we're just perpetuating them. You know, even like, like who, who among us didn't want to be, uh, you know, they're like, like James Bond or, you know, Clark Kent or, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, like, you know, that's, that's, those are the archetypes that we look up to as, as kids and aspire to, to become, um, for no other reason than they're, they're cool. You know, uh, you know, like there's explosions in the background They drive cool cars. Uh, you know, I don't think that there are very many people that grow up as like seven, eight year olds that are like, no, I want to be a carpenter. I want to, or I want to be, I want to be a plumber. I want to, I want to work in waste management or, or whatever it is, you know, but I mean, those, those jobs, uh, you know, humble or not, you can support a family and you can live a fulfilling life just working, you know, like, like there, there's so much value. There's so much profit in toil and and, and and hard work. A lot of people find value and, and they find fulfillment in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, have you ever heard of, um, Ernest Shackleton? The Explorer. That name is very familiar to me. You'd be, you you be obsessed with uh, this guy and his story. I think he's from the late 1800s, and uh, he was just known as an explorer. And he, his goal in life was to just become the best explorer known to man. Um, <laughs> and he had a ship called the Endurance. And he, did he go up to uh, the Antarctic? I think he went down to the, the Arctic. South Pole. Okay. To, to the South Pole. And that was his goal. Um, he put out a flyer in whatever town he was in uh-huh. that just said, um, men needed for dangerous trek um, might not make it back alive. Um, low pay. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, low pay. Um, <laughs> but uh, if we do, um, you'll solidify your legacy or like something like that. And that was the only advertisement. And he put it throughout the town and he eventually like, you know, got a group of 10 or 12 guys um, and they were the crew of the Endurance. And they ended up going out on this ship, uh, worst weather possible. Um, and ice, ice starts forming around the ship. It ends up uh, breaking um, the side of the ship. Uh, a whole iceberg starts to form around the ship. They end up having to jump ship and start to camp on this fucking iceberg that started forming. Um, they had to eventually kill off their dogs because they ran out of food. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, I think, I believe they made it to the South Pole. And uh, I don't know what happened. I think they like they, they got stuck there. But whatever the circumstance was, he ends up making it back. Um, but that's what that guy lived for. He lived literally to find new land and become known as the best explorer known to men. And he verbalized that. And that's what he just that, that that's what made him uh you know want to wake up every morning and you think about that and you're like damn like i that's so cool like that light of fire you can't get cooler than that like, let me you know, tell you, you one thing though it's it is not even remotely as cool to say i want to be the best dang frat star in this universe <laughs> you know <laughs> and it's not it's not but to say that you want to find new land you, you want to be the only person um, that's made it to the South pole and back, uh, and that, you know, that you might not make it back alive and you're totally cool with doing it. And, you know, you're, you're drinking whiskey the entire time. And, um, his diary, y- you would be obsessed with his diary and, and the way that he spoke about his ship, the endurance was as if he was talking about like, you know, the love of his life. 
And yeah. as the ship is breaking, um, the words that he's using to describe it literally were was like he was mourning the death of mm-hmm. like, you know, his 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 lover, his, or his wife. Yeah. It was uh, it's it's something that you'll definitely end up spending hours on. But it's yeah, it's I, I think t- that that's what we're all aiming for. It's it's tough though, Mike. I mean, now uh, you know, in the old world, there was a new world to find, and and when there was a new world, there was more of the new world to find, and and we haven't been to the moon in decades, and you know, space is far enough away where it, it's you know, everybody's gonna be an astronaut. You know, um, we're we're in this weird in between. Everything's um, mapped out. We have everything yeah. mapped out. Well, yeah, and so what else is there to find? I was going to say, yeah, except for going in, you got to go inward. That's, that's the answer. And, um, I don't know. I think, I think that's where like, you know, it's been, it's been great to connect with you and, and some, some others in, in our little budding community, uh, you know, on, on Twitter. And, um, there's, there's, there's so much of ourselves to explore. Uh, I think that's where you know, I would make the case that Christopher McCandles is, he was the last, he's the last great explorer that, that we've <laughs> had, you know, uh, I, I mean, I mean, certainly like, you know, Elon Musk is trying to put his name out there and, you know, I know Jeff Bezos is competing with uh, his blue origin rocket now too, but, um, Chris, Chris was doing something that very few have the, the, the cojones to, uh, to go and to go and do anymore. Isn't it, and that's, isn't it pretty significant that he could have brought a map, but he didn't. Well, he could, he could have brought a map. He could have you know, like taking like a, a half a minute at a public library to like make a checklist. Right. So he was know? upping the ante. He was upping the ante on himself. Right. Because it's kind of like what we were talking about. It's like he was trying to find that uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. And he knew that if he brought a map, it would it would show him everywhere that he had to go. It would have shown him, you know, I think I, I ended up reading that there was um I don't know what the term for it is, but the cars that are on the cables, the cable cars. Okay. Uh, I think I think maybe a few miles down from where he was staying, there was a cable car that he could have gotten into and taken over that river. And I think like then another six miles down the road, there was uh, you know a, a rescue station that had food mm-hmm. and there was shelter that he could have stayed in. So if he had a map, he would have seen that and he would have been able to go get home. Yeah even right. even with the river being that way but he upped the ante on himself um wanted to traverse the uncharted territory in his mind well that's when that's what it was you know it wasn't necessarily that i mean he finds a, a big bus when he when he gets like there's nothing uncharted about the territory that he was that he was in right other than the fact that he needed to go find some answers and i guess it's the the great tragedy or maybe maybe it's a comedy maybe the, the the great the great comedy of of this uh tale of, of chris's is that his aha moment is that he already had it all you know i i just i, I, I gotta come back to uh that line um you know happiness is is like it's best when it's shared you know um and i think that that is uh you know as eternal as this enduring and, and striving for greatness. It's, it's part of our heritage and our, our genetic like memory as well. Um, you know, that's where like, you know, like culture starts in the kitchen. You maybe hear that. Uh, it's one of my great joys is as an American is kind of just like being able to appreciate how 
like it's it's just like it's proof you know like just look at look at it we are able to to jive you know like like you being in new york you talk very fondly of new york and how you can take one block and there's there's this distinct culture and and rhythm and then you take another block and there's another one um i think that's what it's that's what it's all about it's about figuring out how you want to fit into that story and um I don't know. It's, it's, like I said, it's, it's a shame that, that Chris wasn't able to, to, to make it, make it back. Um, but at Can least, you at argue least, that his, his story is bigger because of it. I think so. That's exactly right. I mean, what, what was it? We were talking about the, uh, the, the, uh, longevity beyond longevity, the, you know, immortality. Uh, I, I don't know what he would have done when he, when he got back, you know, I don't know if he would have written books or if he would have just gone back to the kitchens Maybe he would have still never wanted to be found. Yeah. You know, and it's not for us to say, but um, it's, it's not what happened. You know, Uh, instead we're, we're sitting here perpetuating his legacy and and talking about his legend and it lives on. It's, it's pretty wild. It it does kind of light a fire in your belly and and make you think about, you know, where, where there's a opportunity to, to become the the next Ernest Shackleton and um, you know, his, his crew of men, you know, it, it it really does. um, it, It does it a lot more than, gen ed 120 or whatever you know like whatever whatever college is going to give you um i'm not hating on college by the way i mean if, if you do have a a good plan and if you think you you think you know what you want to do like by all means like go out and fucking sink your teeth into it don't do it half-assed um sorry i guess like this four twice i was being so good about it but i don't know if that's a, allowed on your podcast mike i'm sorry uh, totally but, allowed i already cared um, okay cool cool uh, <laughs> um no, I guess that's uh, that'd be my my message. As you asked earlier, you know what 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 you'd say to the the seventeen, eighteen year old, or even the the twenty two year old that is just graduating school. You know, like like I, I turned down my job, I had a couple job offers out, out of college, and I was like, well, I don't know why I came to college, but it sure as hell wasn't to go sell insurance. You know, right? Uh, it's okay to it's okay to go. Like what, 99% what made down you, I was going to say, so, so what made you turn those down? Because I'm sure they were good paying. Yeah. Well, you know, was security and comfort what I was after? Right. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't sound too bad, I guess. Uh, you know, a steady paying job, you can start thinking about, you know, like a, 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 a bar league, you know, volleyball, or, you know, like maybe you find some buddies you can do trivia with, uh, uh, but wait, time out. I'm just, I'm talking about doing, uh, doing volleyball and, and, and bar trivia. Uh, is that what I want to look forward to for my life? Uh, no, I'd rather go write my own story, you know? Uh, so that's, that's kind of the main reason why I think I, uh, turned down my offers was just because I thought that I could come up with something a little bit more interesting myself. And you know, I did, I, I've, I've started and failed, uh, more businesses than I have fingers on, on a hand. Um, you know, I started window washing, uh, man, window washing. That's a, a joy, isn't it? Okay. Maybe not window washing. Well, I bought and sold sneakers in high school and college. Maybe I can do this like, you know, full time. Oh, well, you know, I had some troubles with this one too. You know? You're tasting it, different man. foods. I'm, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, you gotta just, you gotta just put yourself out there and, and you keep on, keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. I think, I think that's the best thing for kids to do, especially with trying to make money, because um, if you could figure out how you enjoy making money, I think that's a good place to start for sure. Um, because I, I mean, I've met a few people that, you know, wish that money didn't exist, but I have to s- stop having the conversation after that because I, I don't, 
think that there will ever be a world where money doesn't exist and we're straight bartering again. Why would you want that? You know, I, I like, think I think because they they view it as unfair because um, it's it's not evenly dispersed. I think that's you know what that's, it is, Mike. What it's insecurity. Yes, it's insecurity without a yeah. doubt. It's it's called a. Uh, Oh man, this this technology that humanity has decided to um, essentially use as a storage of of my of human <laughs> value. My human value is is tied up in this banknote, um, and the amount of banknotes that I have or that I'm able to accrue. Uh, well, I don't. I'm not so sure about my value. I'm not sure about I'm, my ability I don't know to how accrue to generate these. value. Yeah. So ah, money's evil. Right. Right. Love of money, love of money for sure. Love of money. If you're just if you're just accumulating your value for the sake of it, I mean, like, not not to not to um, tread on the on the crypto guys, but you know, I'll, I'll, you're just clicking buttons. You're not really creating any value for yeah. the economy necessarily. Um, that, that there's a reason why I think we saw a, a big a, a big downturn in the market slightly, and it's it's because. We, we didn't realize, I think, as a, as a general community, how um, shallow, I guess, the, the whole system is, you know, with, with, with I'm speaking about like Luna specifically yeah, here, yeah. Um, you know, like, what, what was the story with that? I stake your Luna and you can get 20% APR. That's money for nothing. You know, you're, you're, you're not. That's um, not real life. Yeah, you can't. You can move refrigerators, uh, and you can play your guitar on the MTV, but you can't get money for nothing. So um, it's. Uh, I think that's what the uh, the big. I think that's probably what Chris was trying to figure out too for himself. I mean, um, a common motif that he kind of expressed throughout the film was, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happiest when I'm like down to my last couple bucks. Right. You know, which uh, which would terrify almost everyone. Right. But that just shows that shows us that he was absolutely like secure in who he was, which kind of just solidifies even more in my brain that not that going to Alaska was a mistake, but that, you know, when the final reveal that he had it all along, you know, it it made that even more poignant, even more touching Mm -hmm. uh, a moment in the story. Um, and I, I also found it pretty interesting that he was trying to escape society. Um, society to find, him, to find him, <laughs> right to find himself in nature, but then he ends up dying by nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I found that pretty ironic. It's kind of like he was escaping one bad for something that could be even more unforgiving. Um, well, that I would, goes back I would, to the. The, I'll I would, be happy when kind of yeah. thing we were talking about earlier, you know? Right. So, sorry I, for interrupting. I, Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say that I could definitely think that, or I would venture to guess that nature is definitely more unforgiving than society even um, as crazy as that might seem. But I think he ended up realizing that. Yeah. There's, there's still humanity, you know, uh, whatever that's worth. Um, you know, I think it's to a degree, your answers can be, tied up in a little bit of projection, but, uh, there's, there's still humanity at the end of the day. Um, society's built on, on that, you know, those yellow lines as you're driving down the road are the only thing stopping you and 2000 pounds of metal from Isn't that swiping off the face of the planet. Isn't that nuts? I think about that all the time. I try like not you to could, think about you it. You could have your hand on the <laughs> wheel and just, <laughs> and that's it. 
yeah it's yeah. uh so yeah that there is some humanity left so um i think more people or at least i hope more people will end up having that faith in humanity and like we've said a couple times trying to create parallel societies in the ones that we're already in and not need or feel the need to escape because um i love this country um i i love new york city i love visiting different places i would love to see this country and the people prosper again um, and I think it is, I, I think the way is the way that Chris was attempting, which was like we said before, going in, in order to make sense of the out. Um, I think people are starting to wake up to it, whether it's uh, by choice or by force. It's, it's crazy, Mike. I mean, um, like the little renaissance that's going on in Twitter, you know, Twitter's probably like two to three years ahead of real life, I, I imagine, you know, it is. And I think like, like the conversations and what I was reading in Twitter, uh, like when the pandemic was first starting, I'm, I'm like, my buddies are starting to talk about it now. It's like, okay, shoot. That's uh, keep that, keep that little barometer in your back pocket. It's, uh, it's important to know um, when you got those little bellwethers that, that tell you what's, what's around the corner. Um, but I, I absolutely think, uh, well, we were talking about it a little bit before uh, we started recording. Um, you know, there's a, we're ripe for a renaissance. We're overdue. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, there, there's so many um, kind of like factors at play that are all kind of circulating and formulating around this idea of um, well, it's like, it's like the uh, accumulation uh, phase of, yeah. of, the, of the stock chart. You know, um, you got to have enough interest in, in a certain, you know, price level for the, the next leap upwards to, to occur. Um, you know, you can't have people that are trying to sell, sell, sell. And that's where like, guess what? like my, my message to, uh, that the college student or to the not college student split out the black pill and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it's, it's kind of, it comes like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way, you know, if, if you think that, you know, everything's going to go to hell in a handbasket, you're not really going to be there, uh, to divert that, you know, um, you're, you're going to kind of just be, depressively moping around towards that end you know it's uh it's um that's not that's not what we're here for you know no we got to do a little bit more than that so um i don't know that's that's why i love 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 the what we're what we're after on 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 the interwebs mike uh you're you're a a great fighter for uh for a better future and i'm I'm so (laughs) so honored to be on the podcast and to to know (laughs) you of course man yeah no i'm 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 glad that we got to do this um i'm I'm looking forward to doing more of these more often because i think that we'll end up fleshing out a lot of ideas for ourselves too um i think even if people listen to conversations like this this just promotes more conversation like it and I think that's how more people end up figuring out their own um, Alaska or maybe figuring it out before they venture into Alaska and put themselves into a circumstance that they didn't need to be in order to understand that happiness is shared. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, how, how, how rich these conversations can be, you know, uh, when, when you're able to connect with uh, another, another human and tap into, into their, you know, consciousness and, and figure out what it is that they, they, fear and what they love and what they're the what best. they're aspiring for uh it's it's so much it's so much that's more, what i live for it's more it's more tasty than uh you know oh how did uh how did the miami heat do fellow you know worker in the office you know like <laughs> the way that you just explained that is my exact why for doing this podcast that's it that's the sole reason is just to connect to other people like that have conversations 
mm-hmm. and see where they can go because um, I think society needs more of that. And I think more people would benefit from it. Well, I hope that they, uh, they kind of pick up the, pick up the, the gauntlet and I hope they, they are able to not go into the wild, but um, you know, I guess it is, it is kind of wild, you know, uh, it's, it's, the... it's, it's wild inside your mind to, to break those shackles is wild. It feels wild. You have to, I, I even, I, I, th- I might've told you this a couple of times, like in the, because of the life decisions I've made over the last, I don't know, six or seven years, that's where I started to really break out of the shackles that I felt I was being held by. Um, so that would be, I don't know, when I was 25, I really started to do things that people started to look at me and say, like, what are you doing? And, and I started to realize now at my age that as I'm doing more of that stuff, as I'm getting more people to look at me and say, are you sure you want to take that risk? Or why are you doing that? You're crazy for doing that. Um, it's a good, it's a good, time to reflect and check on yourself to make sure that you know what you're doing and why but um i'm more aligned with my why who i am my truth god whatever you want to describe it as i'm more aligned with that than ever as i'm making more heads turn um around me so it's a pretty interesting relationship between the two but i'm starting to realize that and, no, I think uh, the, the coolest thing about that, Mike, by the way, is, you know, as you're walking against the sea of the crowd and, and you're getting heads to turn every once in a while, those, those heads are going to turn and then they're going to stop walking and they're going to turn their body too. And some of them might decide to follow you, you know, yes. and, and they might not necessarily go in your direction, but they're going to go in their direction. They might just change just the their own direction and, and shift away from the drift. Oh, that was uh, that was loud. We could, we could do that the whole time. Cheers to you, Mike. Keep on doing it, man. God bless you. Dude, this is awesome. Um, We will definitely be doing more of these. Maybe not over a movie, but just on a specific topic in general. Maybe we'll make this like a a, a series. I'm looking forward to it. Within the podcast. I would love that. (laughs) Nice, man. Awesome.